He kind of had this idea of himself, where but wasn't him. It was, he inside he's a loser. He doesn't act. His house right. gets robbed, or there's an intruder. He doesn't do anything. Herd mentality is something I think that's damaged in our country, and I think that this movie really, you know, I'm an individualist, and I, I don't I don't like seeing everybody just all of a sudden because they saw a picture of something. Now they all are going this way. Welcome to The Real Generation Gap. My name is Shane Schildmeyer. And I'm Fred Satilli. And today we are reviewing Dream Scenario. Before we dive into the review, my dream scenario is that you're liking, you're commenting, and you're subscribing. I know previously in one of the reviews I said, you know, we, we spend too much time making meaning of everything in a movie. But on the contrary, I think this movie, literally from the script to every shot, to the placement, to the colors of everything, had a meaning in this movie. I think that there was lots of depth to this movie. I know you even like the filming style. Yeah, even just the, the way it was shot, everything I think was meant to represent certain things. But um, let's get into, you know, is social media culture herd mentality? Um, this movie, basically, if you, you should know what it's about. It's about everyone starts to realize they see Nicolas Cage, a.k.a. Paul, in their dreams. And, and, and he, he is an insignificant, quiet guy. He's an academic who's got yeah. no achievements in his career. Nothing. He blends in the background yes. like a zebra in a herd of zebras. Yes. And that's the analogy they use, right? Yeah, so that's that's one aspect of this film, the zebra. It, throughout the movie, he's referencing, you know, he's giving a lecture on the, why, why does a zebra have black and white stripes when it's in a tan environment? Um, it doesn't blend in with its environment. And basically, the students don't respond. They don't care. Um... But he goes on to express, you know, it's because as a herd, the predator can't make, make or tell what they are or it doesn't want to, it can't separate them because it just sees one blob of zigzags and whatever. So Paul is part of the herd. He's a zebra. He's, he's a normal guy. Right. He blends in with everyone in their day-to-day -day life. Nothing about him is unique. He doesn't stand out. And then, as you said, this, this greatness is thrust upon him. And now... He's no longer part of the herd. He has recognition, but not for what he wants recognition for. Mm -hmm. He's a scientist. He's trying to create a book, which will be the apotheosis of his life. He's mm -hmm. unable to do it. Mm -hmm. And uh, he, he wants, now that he has notoriety and people would actually maybe buy his book because it was by him, still nobody's interested in this subject, which is ants, right? He's yeah. a study of ants. Yeah, and he comes out with the, his theory of intelligence. One of his students writes an article and includes that or something. And No, no, no. So that's actually someone he went to college with. Right. And they kind of mocked him for it back in the day. And his col now his colleague is producing this book, coming out with this book on his stuff. And she makes hay with it. Yeah. She has his success. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's the Phantom of the Opera. Kind of, right. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So the question is, mm -hmm. is our society captivated with this herd mentality? Is something that's commonly like a meme, you see something on the internet, you know, on your phone, you know, and everybody sees this and all their opinion goes one way. So you had a whole giant community everywhere this guy went, everybody loved him. They loved him, yeah. Cause, right, because that was the meme. 
Mm-hmm. He was the innocuous guy in the dream. He had nothing to do with the dream. He wasn't. He was just standing in it. Yeah. He and- wasn't one of the actors. Like two people would be, you know, uh, having a romantic interlude, and he's just he's standing, standing there. there. He's not, yeah. Right? And, he's and, kinda- and in his own life, he was the same way. Exactly. He he in his family. His daughter didn't think of him as a hero, and he wanted to be her hero, but he wasn't doing anything heroic. His wife didn't think of his... and In fact, he took his wife's last name, right? They became... I don't remember what her name is now, but... It was, uh, Matthews, I think it was. They became Mr. and Mrs. Yes, Matthews. Yes. She was Matthews. Matthews. He changed, you know. Mm-hmm. He said, I, I just felt it was right, mm-hmm. you know. So he, he's not that kind of a guy. So then the herd, all of a sudden they got spooked. Because now in their dreams, he was evil. He was attacking them, both both violently and sexually. Mm-hmm. You know, where, whereas before that, a girl had a sexually provocative dream, and she was interested in, you know, maybe having a moment of a sexual moment with him. But he, as a married and very uptight guy, was unable to follow through on that, mm-hmm. which which was morally the, the better thing or something. But to him, it was a failure of masculinity. He was like, I, I can't get it up for you. You know, I, yeah. I, I got to get out of here. He, he had a flea, right? So once again, a failure, right? He wasn't making it in any regard. Mm-hmm. And even his, his notoriety even allowed his wife, because she now was the wife of the notorious guy, kind of like Priscilla and Elvis, yeah. right? And now she was getting job offers and she's some project that she wanted to work on. Now she was welcome into it. Mm-hmm. Of course, when the worm turned... Now they cast her out. So and then she resented him for it. Yes. Yeah. You know, and it was it was ruining her life. Now, one of the things I found interesting was he was a very not attractive guy, just a regular guy, kind of getting older and long in the tooth. And she, although I, I personally found her quite attractive, she's just as a regular girl. But when the woman came came on to him a little bit, right, his former classmate, she said, We need to get together. The wife was jealous yeah. and had no reason to be. And then when she started to work with this company where there was a guy who wanted to bring her in, really because only because of her notoriety, he was like, are, are you two involved? Is there something going yeah. on here? So I thought it was interesting that these two people, they were jealous of each other, even, even though they really didn't have much of a reason to be. Mm-hmm. I thought that was kind of sweet in a kind of perverse way. Yeah. You know? But anyway, the whole question is herd mentality in our society this is one of the 82 notes yeah. you know, that, we, that we have here. And uh, herd mentality is something I think that's damaging our country. And I think that this movie really, you know, I'm an individualist. And I, I, don't, I don't like seeing everybody just all of a sudden because they saw a picture of something. Now they all are going this way, mm. you know, and, and it's, it's not great. It's, everybody should have an independent mind. You shouldn't just be affected by a picture of some celebrity with fangs and blood dripping, and now you think they're the wolf man. Mm-hmm. It's ridiculous. And this, this poor guy, he did not cause his greatness notoriety, and he did not cause his downfall. Yeah, so... It was something that happened in their dreams. L- let's break this down real quick. So the social media in the movie, I think there's two forms of it in the movie. One... There's the social media aspect of everyone sees him in, in, in their dreams, right? That's right. kind of like social media, right? right. Like, it's like we all see it, and it's building a perception. But then also, they literally do make a device in the movie <laughs> where it does be, kind of become social media, where you're able to visit each other in your dreams, 
and they receive ads in their dreams and it becomes a reality show. So that it literally does become social media. That was and such a funny aspect of the movie. Somebody is. monetized this. Exactly. A guy figured out how to do product placement in your dream. So you might have a romantic dream. It's you and your lover and you're both drinking a Coke. Yeah. You know, because they implanted that through this device. They did product placement in your dreams. Yeah. But that, that was a weird side thing. But yeah. very funny thing. Yeah, so the, the the herd mentality and the social media, it's played on two different perspectives in this movie. It's very interesting. It's very meta, I guess you could say. One of the things I really liked about this was what happened to you. And, you know, you and I have these conversations all the time, and I'm not really sure outside of these conversations what you think about a lot of things. But what happened to you was you became a fan of Carl Jung. <laughs> Yeah, so I think in the movie they reference the collective unconsciousness. Uh, Nicolas Cage, Paul, says something about it real fast. I looked into it, and there's six points, seven points to the collective unconsciousness. Uh, I think whoever created the script said, we're pitting every piece of this in, in this movie. We're going to make a movie for someone who's a Carl Jung in- enthusiast. That's kind of what I got from, you know, my research, but uh, we can go through it and... Or, you know. or at least they ripped them off. You yeah, know exactly. I mean? you know, but, but it was interesting for me to see, because I had my own reactions, and I, one of my reactions was to talk about mass hysteria. Mm-hmm. But we're not talking about that now. Now we're talking about you and Jung. So the seven things, one of them, collective cool. unconscious. That's, 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 that's the social media. That's everyone seeing him um, in their dreams. But it also includes all these other things like archetypes. Right. So he wants to be the hero, but he's not the hero. I mean, I guess that doesn't make him the villain, but he's kind of the, the average person. What, what, what archetype is that? It was, it was a big part of the movie. Yeah. It was a big part of the movie. Then there was persona. And then, yeah, the persona. He wasn't I've, making his societal expectations, was he? No. And ex- he kind of had this idea of himself, where, but wasn't him. It, what, he inside he's a loser he doesn't act his house right. gets robbed or there's an intruder he doesn't do anything yeah his his co-worker takes his his uh intelligence and makes a book publishes it doesn't give him any credit and he doesn't really do anything other than cries to his wife right um but his persona of himself is he's great you know I'm yes just, he's this great research I'm scientist a great research scientist i'm a tenured these professor. are my ideas i'm a tenured professor i'm the most in, i'm the most interesting person in the world and that's his persona of himself. And then when he gets famous, he kind of feeds that ego, right? He's like, I am the most interesting person. Though. Right. All of a sudden not he becomes the, interesting, the, but yeah. not for what he is. Not for what he for is. The for the mask. For the mask that he wears. Exactly. Right? And then when he kind of realizes, you know, these people only like me because I'm in their dreams. It has nothing to do with uh, who I actually am, my intelligence, my, my studies. Right. He starts to dive into the shadow. Right, his gentle nature. Yeah, he starts to dive right. into the shadow, and he he starts to be angry and and violent. Right, resentful. Resentful. They wanted to make a Sprite commercial. Yeah, and he says, "I'm an ant scientist. Yeah. I'm, I'm a college professor. You you want me to talk about this, a can of soda?" Mm-hmm. They say, "Yeah, now's the time to, to cash in. We're going to monetize your popularity. We're going to get exactly. you on a TV commercial. Exactly. This is you you know." And once he dives into the shadow. That's when everyone starts to perceive him in, in their dreams as violent. And that's when he starts killing everyone in his dreams. And then it gets to a point where he actually has 
a dream of himself killing himself. And that's kind of his shadow being manifested uh, right. to himself. The creature from the id comes out. It, yes, exactly. Right, your, your horrible nature. Mm-hmm. You know, in my notes, I put Phaedrus from Zen and the Arts of Motorcycle Maintenance. I know you never read the book, <laughs> but yeah, it, it's an incredible thing that all through the story, the man is stalked by his evil nature. Mm-hmm. You know, it's yeah. not a person. Yeah. It's, just, it's just in his own mind. He's psyche, like, I, yeah. I, know, I'm, I know that I'm going to lose it and go crazy. Mm-hmm. And it's a terrible thing. And then the anima and animus. So, yeah, at first I was like, ah, maybe they skipped this one. I didn't really think that this was in there. And then literally like five minutes ago, I kind of figured it out that in the movie, he takes on his wife's last name. Right. And that's a very feminine thing to do. He also doesn't protect his family, which is, you, you know, you look to the man to be your protector. Right. Right. So I did think, you know, they did touch on that. And then the, the woman kind of wore the pants in their relationship. I think they did touch on it a little bit there. They certainly did. Now, the sixth one on that list, and I love the way you say this because you say it properly, individuation. Individuation, yeah. Right. And, you know, I'm a big individualist. I mm-hmm. think everybody is a minority of one. Mm-hmm. There's nobody exactly like you. Mm-hmm. What you think and how you feel are unique to you. Mm-hmm. And that's the herd mentality. This is why I resent herd mentality. Mm-hmm. But individuation. Talk about that. So my perception of how they incorporated it into that movie is it's it's the whole the, the whole story, the whole process. You know, he went from from being this loser guy, but seeing himself as such a cool person, to becoming a monster to everyone, to now realizing I'm not that great. He's kind of seen, you know, all aspects of life. Right. And he comes full circle. The ultimate back, high, the ultimate low. Yeah, the ultimate high, the ultimate low. He comes full circle. He accepts himself for who he is. You know, he, he took his wife's name. He accepts all the previous subjects. And in the movie, I think that point is when, uh, this is a spoiler, obviously, um, at the very end, he's trying to get his wife back. Uh, they they had broken up, right? And he realizes, you know, I had this nice little average zebra life, and I kind of he wants that back, right? And we could, yeah, we can dive into that anymore. Oh, and then there's the symbolism and dreams, and I think the symbolism is the zebras, and uh, the dreams. The whole movie is basically on dream. Now you and I differ on the ending that way. Oh well, yeah. By the by the time the end of that movie came, and I, I really like your version better than my own or something. <laughs> But when he was trying to get his wife back and everything, I wasn't sure if he was dreaming that or not. So there was different parts. Yeah, I really... Like there were moments where it was like, is this reality or not? Or suddenly, you know, you're going to realize that he, he only wants this and it's not really happening or... Yeah, so there's a part where he's like checking out the home. They're selling the home or something and the wife's there and they're passing each other by. And then he goes into the side like daydream. Where she's like crying, he's like, "I got you, baby." Like he's wearing the big suit. Yeah, right. Exactly. That was her sexual fantasy. That no, he... no, 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 not that part. Right before that part. R- right, right. Yeah, he's he's like he has this little side dream where he pulls her in. She's crying, and she's like, he embraces her. He acts. Right. He does something, but then he comes out of it quickly, and then she is crying, but he does nothing. He goes away. Yeah. And, but right. he but he says like, "Have you thought about me lately?" And she's like, "No, I don't think so." And oh yeah, she goes. Up. Oh yeah, a couple days. Yeah. He says, "Well, I'll just I'll see you tomorrow." She goes, yeah. ah, "Wait a few days." Yeah. Yeah, so that was he, really terrible. He goes off, but uh, previously in the movie they say if you're wearing the band to visit someone's dreams, you have to have a connection with them. So he's kind of hoping like I still have a connection with my wife, my ex-wife. Right. Um, so then later, this is where you you're like 
previously in the movie, she's he's like, "What's your dream scenario of me?" And she says, "Like you're wearing the suit, it's corny suit. I'm surrounded by fire. You come save me." Blah blah blah. And this happens at the end. He visits her in her dreams, but you didn't know if this was real or like. I had a real problem with that. Okay. This is once again got to see it again and figure out. I felt like I was right, but knew that I wasn't. Mm-hmm. It was a very strange feeling. And that's like, that's why I, I think I'm interpreting this all wrong. Yeah, and that's, but then it, but I couldn't rewind. That's I'm really in the theater. Why you know? I like this movie because it just got me thinking. And I think it doesn't matter what I think. It's for everyone's own interpretation, you know? I've never seen you react like this. Yeah. Look at, look at these. This is pages and pages of stuff here. There's stuff I didn't even mention. And I, I love that. And this is truly a, an art film. And that's what I love about art films. They get you to think. They get you to feel a certain way. And it might be totally different from what you think or how you feel. But to each of us, it's, it's our own thing. And individualism. And, 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 yeah, individualism. <laughs> and that's why it's important. But um, there was also a lot of artistic choices in this movie I wanted to talk about. But is there anything else you want to talk about? Uh, well, to? since we're at the end, I want you to talk about those things because you're better at that than I am because you went you know, to the film school and have the training and you care more. <laughs> but at the end, you had a perception that the very first scene oh, yeah, in the yeah, movie... Yeah, yeah. Right. So I think part yeah. of the Carl Jung thing um, is you know coming full circle. The very opening scene... It's the daughter's dream, and these keys crash the table, and she's like, what the heck? And she's like, Dad, and Nicolas Cage isn't doing anything. And then a shoe falls into the pool, and right. Nicolas Cage is just still not even paying attention. He's inactive. He's not taking action. Just like he would be in the dream. It just like Yeah, exactly. Or it is a dream. It is a dream, but how he would be in real life, not doing anything. The very last scene of the so movie... you're not even sure... That's so great. Yeah, See, exactly, this, exactly. So you're not even sure if that scene was her dream. Exactly. That's yes. why I See, like I it. I did not get that. So in the very last scene, he, like we said, he, he wears the suit. He visits his wife in the dream. Um, uh, she's surrounded by fire. He's going to save her. He saves her. He's acting. He's finally doing something. And then he gets, he embraces her and he whispers in her ear. He says, uh, I wish this was real. And then he starts to float up into the sky. And he calls her name. He flows up in the sky, and that could be interpreted that he's going up in the sky. He has his keys on him. Right. They're going to fall. The shoe is going to go in the pool. And it's full circle. Right. Right. I, that was very clever that you caught that because I totally, I didn't, why is he flying away? I, I, I didn't catch it. I've been on Reddit nonstop. Oh. I'm reading everyone else's stuff. <laughs> the I'm confession. Not, yeah, that was the I'm confession. I'm not taking credit for any of this. This is all... But it got me interested enough to look into it more, you know? Yeah, I've never seen you like this. I've never seen you do this amount of analysis and this amount of research and everything. Yeah, and then... So on top of all this theory and philosophy, I think there was awesome artistic filmmaking It also incorporated. So this was an AMC artisan film... Which to me that doesn't really mean much, but what that means is what what they have on their website was it brings a unique vision and perspective, it pushes boundaries and sparks conversations, which definitely sparks conversation. It stretches actors outside their comfort zone, which I think this was an awesome role for Nicolas Cage. He played a loser. He's usually like the cool guy. Um, very rangy. Yeah, very yeah. rangy. Um, it features a compelling score. Which I didn't pay too much attention to. I didn't catch that either. In this I one, didn't catch to be that. Honest. Yeah. But, uh, and then it unites an acclaimed cast. And eh, this one acclaimed was. Acclaimed cast? Nicolas Cage, but the rest well, of the Oh, and uh, Michael Sarah. Right, Michael right. Sarah and and, and uh, Matthews, what, uh, Tim Meadows. 
I, Tim Meadows, he was the, the college professor. Yes, yes. Right? That's the criteria for AMC Artisan Films, which this was, because this is originally like an independent film that won festivals and they brought it to AMC, AMC Artisan Film. Um, so I just wanted to share that with the viewers and you. So there was an original version of this? This is like an independent film. Like they sent it to film festivals. I see. And AMC Artisan Films picked it up to... To, to distribute. Yes. I get it. Anyways, let's get into the artistic filmmaking. That I, I really love this movie. The first thing I noticed was, oh, there's all this film grain. All this popping on the screen. And I love that. I'm a 90s kid, so that offers like a 90s nostalgic, comforting feeling for me. Did you notice the grain at all? Well, I can't notice it because I grew up 100 years before you, so I'm used to seeing that. Which <laughs> yeah. like film to when, me. It doesn't, when it doesn't have it, you're like, what's this going is, on with this? Yeah, this is way it? too clean. <laughs> yeah. Way too clean. No, so I noticed that right away. I, I like th- records that scratch, you know? Yeah. 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 Some pop to it. Yeah, I like that. But then I Googled, you know, what does film grain do for the viewer? And this is what it said. It says there's a level of grittiness associated with film grain. If used properly, that kind of noise makes a video feel more natural. Almost like the footage is untouched and unedited. It makes it more believable, which helps draw the audience into the reality you are trying to create in your video. Which I think is on on point with the whole movie and yes. what they're trying to do. Oh, maybe yeah. It was clever, was... Maybe it wasn't. The audio was awesome. Um, there's scenes in the movie where it's like, and I've seen this in other movies, but I, I love this effect. Where like the main character's in his own head and the rest of the world goes mute. And there might be a little bit of a hum. You know, he's a little shell-shocked in his own head. Right. And I, and then someone breaks his attention, and then it's all back. Yeah. And that's just a cool little editing thing, and I think it's uh, it takes it to another level. I like that a lot. Now, I want to talk about the angles in the film. There was a point where um, Paul, he's talking to his boss. In the beginning of the movie, you see them eye to eye. They're, the, the camera angle's dead on. They're right. level. Then when Nicolas Cage is famous... Now we're looking up at Nicolas Cage when he's talking to his boss. He's bigger and than life. Not only is he we're looking up to him, behind him are the paintings that we can assume are great professors, scientists, whatever they are. But he's amongst them. Right. He's, he's one of them now. And we're looking up at him. And then later in the film, like you were saying... Talk about archetypes. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And yeah. then later in the film, um, not so much looking down, but he's literally under uh, his, his boss. He stays in his basement. Right. He's now beneath him. Everyone hates him. You were beneath him. You're no longer... He's low as low can low be. Low as low can be. Yeah. And that's just like little details that, you know, you, you could have just set up a camera on a tripod and shot that scene. But they thought about it and they said, we need to make him... We need to we need to build his ego. We need to make him feel like he's he's above everyone else. We're going to point out and we're going to put these paintings behind him. And I think there's attention to detail in, in each and every one of those shots. You really love this movie. I liked this movie a lot. Yeah, I did too. I like this movie. I did a lot. too, and it grew on me. Yeah. The the more I the more I thought and about it. And it was funny too. It's a dark comedy. You know, mm. there's a lot of serious tone to it. Oh yeah. But there was also a lot of moments where I'm like, oh my gosh, that's that's silly. That's ridiculous. Like there's the scene where he's trying to to woo the, the girl, uh, or she's trying to woo him and he can't perform but he farts. And I, I think that's funny because I think any guy I know where he's trying to, 
any of my friends have a story where he's been trying to get into a girl's pants, but he's holding in a fart the whole time. Right. Yeah. <laughs> he's trying not yeah. to let it out. <laughs> or, or doing some other embarrassing, like holding back some other embarrassing yeah. thing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I thought that was that was a really funny moment. Everyone in the theater chuckled at that part. I, I remember a comedian saying he was he had a girl, he he flexed his arm like to like that he was muscular while he was driving and then they yeah. were going. He was like he couldn't move, yeah. like he had a spasm, you know. Yeah, the things we that. do when we're trying to peacock, it's pretty right. funny. Yeah, oh that's great. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, I love I loved this movie. I liked it a lot. It got me thinking. I think it was artistic. I think it was funny. I haven't seen too many Nicolas Cage movies. I've seen, um, what was it called, National Treasure. Oh, I like that a lot. <laughs> I like that movie yeah, that was too. A, that was an adventure. That was yeah. You know, it's a totally different movie. Right, action. I I really enjoyed this movie, and mm-hmm. I think that everyone will have their own interpretation of what the movie meant, how the story unfolded. And some people probably are, some people are very likely to hate this movie. <laughs> I can see that. Yeah. I can see where it would, it would be lost on them. Mm-hmm. Sometimes these things are lost on people. And uh, it's a shame. It's a shame. You almost need to like have a primer. Mm-hmm. Like somebody tell you like, look, what you're going to see tonight is this, 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 yeah. and this. Don't forget to notice that or whatever. Mm-hmm. And this is why it really merits watching movies multiple times. We've said it in so many of these reviews where, you know, I could see it again. I should see it again. I'll, mm-hmm. I'll get more. Everybody knows if you see it a second time, you pick up stuff you didn't see it before. Yeah, exactly. You know? Exactly. And uh, this is this is one where you definitely can yeah. see it a few times. And But this was definitely a movie that's meant to convey a message, to, to put a commentary on society, and to promote a feeling versus, you know, like the Thanksgiving movie was just a slasher fun movie, right? Well, it did have the comment about the, the merchandising. Yeah, yeah, oh, it did actually. You know, and this yeah. had the this had the comment about the meme society. You know, the social media, the the herd mentality. Yeah, uh, that's what I. That was my primary thing that I took from it. Mm-hmm. You know, the, yeah. and the other thing, of course, is the self introspection, where if something great happens, you sort of ride it out like everybody loves me. I'm going to ride this out like. You know, mm-hmm. it's he he in in the character's credit, Nicolas Cage's character's credit. Mm-hmm. He did not take credit for being popular, mm-hmm. and he he really tried to maintain his professor persona. Mm-hmm. He's like, you realize that this is just a dream, and really, I'm this scientist guy. Yeah. He, he tried to hang on to that, but it, but in the end, when it turned, yeah. He, he he was then he was confronted with the opposite. He's like, I'm not responsible for this. I didn't hurt you. Yeah, exactly. You dreamed it. It's in yeah. your head. Yeah. I, I didn't. And in in our society now, we have a really lot of that where something is in people's head, and they think we we have to be kind to this person, or we have to be mean to that person, or yeah. we have to you know support this issue, or we have to deny exactly. that issue. And in 99 of it's in their head. They don't even know what they're talking yeah. about in most cases. Exactly. And there and there's a media that memes them, like mm-hmm. it, it feeds them, you know, like throwing gasoline well, on a fire. If, yeah, if this goes so deep, you know, it can go it, even if, further. It really does. It really does. I'm giving it a good rating. I'm going to rate it at an eight. Nice. Me too. I'm yeah. going eight. Yeah. I'm going okay. eight as well. I loved it. It was funny. It got me thinking. It got me going. Everybody needs to see it twice. Yeah, and like, like <laughs> I feel like if I watch it again, come up with thirty other theories about what it was about. <laughs> right. But you really did well with this one. And, Thank you, Fred. And, I mean, I, I saw a different side of you, and I really liked that. Yeah, so, got my little filmmaker heart going again. Right. Yeah. Right, you really lit up. 
Thank you again for watching The Real Generation Gap. My name is Shane Schuldmeyer. I'm Fred Satilli. And this has been a review of Dream Scenario. Alright guys, make sure to like, comment, and subscribe. Have you guys checked out Dream Scenario? What do you guys think of my crazy conclusions of this film and putting all these artistic ideas together? Um, what do you guys think this film meant? Do you guys think that it was a circular story? Or do you think I'm full of crap? Let us know in the comments. <laughs> Make sure to like, comment, subscribe, and we'll see you guys at the next one.